about like happiness and self-fulfillment and oh it doesn't fucking matter when you're trying not to die <laughs> Hey, it's the Engineering Podcast. I'm Adam. I'm Brian. What's up? Welcome back for another Hang in the Laboratory. Chillin'. And special thanks, as always, to our supporters who throw us as little as a buck a month to help keep this thing going. Uh, if you want to jump in, you can go to support.zengineeringpodcast.com. So we're here. So what are we going to talk about this week? We got, we, we, we got to talk about Apple not putting out air power, right? Oh, we can. I'm kidding. I don't want to talk about that at all. Was that? Were you kidding? Based on my response, <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, I, oh, I just I, mean, I, I had could. in my head like, okay, if we had this in the title, it would be good SEO. But I don't care. Uh, no, what are we talking about for real this week? Uh, we're talking about pretty much the opposite of that, which is going outside, <laughs> uh, cam- camping, camping in the woods. Uh, I don't know if in the woods is fair to say, right? I mean, it's like there's only not everybody has woods. Yeah, I rarely get to camp in the woods anymore. It's usually just on some sand somewhere. Yeah. So like if you if you, you know, you have a group of friends and you're saying, hey, we should go camping. (laughs) Like, what do you mean? Personally, I mean, I typically picture I immediately picture like a bear, but a friendly bear like Yogi Yogi the bear. Is that is that the right thing? Am I picturing the the bear that steals picnic baskets? Pick picnic baskets. Picnic. <laughs> yeah, you got it right. Does that have an extra uh, syllable? Pick, Jellystone Park. That's how he. That's how Yogi says it. Picnic baskets. So it is Yogi. Who's yeah, Yogi, Yogi. Berra? Is that a person? A baseball player who used to say stupid things. <laughs> Did he also steal picnic <laughs> baskets? <laughs> Uh, I can't. I can neither. I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> it's a strange coincidence there. Uh, yeah, camping. You know, cruising somewhere with like a cooler and some food. Uh, I ask because, like, I grew up camping in a very particular way, and I remember the first time that I encountered like a roommate who, not connected to me having said anything, was like, "We should go camping." And I was like, okay. <laughs> and in my head, I started to prepare for this particular experience. And what they had in their head was, uh, we drive to a park at the beach 30 minutes, not even 30 minutes, like literally eight miles from where we are, and then sleep in our car as an excuse to drink beer <laughs> all night and pass out on the beach. <laughs> that sounds kind of fun too. It's <laughs> definitely not where my but head like, went. Exactly. So for me, I had like tents and forests and stuff like that in my head. Um, but that's why I feel like it's relevant to even say like, "What do you mean?" When because there's no, sort of this question. social notion of let's go on a camping. I think trip. the core the core aspect for me is uh, sleeping somewhere that's not like a sturdy, uh, that's not fortified very heavily. <laughs> right your home has like doors and locks and gates and windows and barriers and then uh sleeping in your car is kind of the same thing so camping for me involves a thin layer of protection from the elements is it doors you can't lock or is it like a shelter that would protect you from rain but not a falling tree (laughs) yeah that's pretty much it right your tent protects you from from rain Sometimes if you set it up right and it doesn't rain too much. Uh, and then your bag, your sleeping bag, right? It's not your bed. Your sleeping bag protects you from cold. Again, if you set it up right and brought the right one. <laughs> and then that's about it. If something wants to eat you, it can still eat you. If something wants to fall on you, it's still going to fall on you. There's a funny... So there's an aspect of this that like immediately gets to the sort of philosophical place where it's like all all of this intersects with human life at the point of survival. But for what it's worth, what we're talking about is going out to the woods near the city that we live in, you know, far enough away that people die every year out in that wilderness (laughs) and just setting up shop for three days to hang out. It took it to a real intense place, but it's true. People die camping Uh, all the time. So, uh, well, I feel like it's important to put out there, right? Because we're talking about survival and it's not in this joke way, right? Like, 
I, I had a very distinct experience of another camping trip here in LA with the first friend that really aligned with my idea of camping where it was like, yeah, let's go on a camping trip. And I sort of was like, okay, I geared up for the 30 pack of beers. Like we're a drive away from a coffee and a flushing toilet kind of camping where, yeah, you sleep outside, but you're still close to civilization. You can get more gas for your vehicle. And as we started to drive away, I started to realize like the depth of wilderness that is within a day's drive of Los Angeles. Cause it got increasingly like, <laughs> Oh, Oh no, this is for real. Oh no, this is for real. And we're far enough away that if I haven't planned my gas in my car situation properly, I might not get home. Well, that's kind of, uh, that's what's fun about camping. I think, right? Like you can certainly, uh, I lost the video. I know you can certain that's what's fun about camping, right? You can certainly get yourself into trouble and it's always really surprising how quickly that can happen, right? Within 30 minutes, probably of any major city and probably closer than that, you can get eaten by an animal, right? Like we're not that we're not that secure, right? You're secure when you're like, around pavement and there are people within a block of you. Uh, but anybody who doesn't live in an urban environment, uh, you're out in the wilderness really quickly. In the wrong conditions, you can get hypothermia stunningly quickly and get to a point where your brain doesn't function well enough to save you anymore. It's like, and, and I feel like that's a perspective of mine. <laughs> you have to understand that I'm bringing to the table. Like, there's, we can talk about boy, my perspective on this is going to be that of a boy scout. Uh, like my background with camping is I know all the things that can kill you out there <laughs> just in case. Uh, and so, cause they're weird things. It's what, like, uh, what if it starts to rain, the risk of this situation just ratcheted from like, yeah, we're not really okay to like someone could die within two hours and not know what's happening. To what's them. your, uh, they're just not paying attention. A cool rain an 80 degree rain can give you hypothermia cause it's lower than 98 degrees. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we paused after right? that one for a second. What are your the credentials reason, as a Boy Scout? Uh, I did not make it all the way to Eagle. I made it to one rank short of the top rank, and then I didn't have time to do it anymore because I started swimming. What does that mean as in terms of of scouting? Because I did, I did. What are the little ones called? Cub Scout, Weebelows. Why are you a Cub Scout but then the... not a Bear Scout? Uh. I have no idea because then you're a boy scout. And you're a boy. So you go from a cub to a, to like a man bear, man bear pig. Inconsistent mixed metaphors. I'm asking, am I asking oh, too many questions? Across the board. Like Weebelow's logo was like a piece of corn or something. Yeah, shit. it was. It was like the French corn thing. Wait, so I did, I did cub scouts until fourth grade, maybe. Flirtedly. And then I didn't do anything past that. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people. In what are, what do boy scouts did. entail? Is that like all through all the way through high school? Uh, it really depends on the composition of your troop but like uh the one that i was in with a few of our friends uh was mainly camping survival skills type stuff go out in the woods uh there are and there are aspects hard coded into it effectively because to progress through the ranks you have to do certain like i had to be a patrol leader at one point which meant i was you know as a seventh grader I was in charge of a pack of five fifth graders <laughs> and like given tasks to do. Uh, Set up a shelter fun. over here. Okay. That's exactly what we need at all <laughs> levels of education. Right? Uh, Why isn't seventh grade coming down and teaching fifth grade? Training. You just took this shit. Why do we have to pay a teacher? <laughs> Pass right. it on. Um, so, uh, so that's kind of my perspective on it. And we can kind of chase that piece. I think maybe later when we get to the kind of military part, I want to start from, you know, the, the place, uh, we like to start, which is like breakdown for me. What are the, what are the key aspects of survival in the wilderness? You mentioned one already shelter. shelter. Yeah, I suppose that's a key aspect. Shelter is important. Got to be in a cave or up in a tree or in a, in a fancy tent from REI. <clears throat> the, uh, you need water and food. I would say that's it. You know, shelter, water, and food. And they're of... What about like happiness and self-fulfillment? And Oh, it doesn't fucking matter when you're trying not to die. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, most of those things go, even with just the subtle 
Because like anytime you go camping, something always happens that's a little funky or a little weird, or you're like, what is that? What's what's that making that noise? Or right. right? And so just that little bit of like back to reality. Because uh, our day-to-day lives are not reality, right? Our day-to-day lives are this complete made-up modern nonsense world. And so just that little bit of escape out into like the woods or wherever you're going kind of takes enough focus of your core brain. Your brain's like, ah, this is where I'm supposed to be thinking about things. And so all that like daily anxiety that I experience goes away because my brain is like, ah, I get to pay attention to the wilderness now and make sure I don't get eaten by a bear so I don't have to shake my leg <laughs> 400 <laughs> times a second <laughs> all day long. So, and that's so, it's so peaceful. Uh, so, so then <laughs> like it, that, that feeling is what hangs over in a good way. The experience of walking around an outdoor store <laughs> because like you go to walk around an REI and you are seeing the height of engineering, uh, mass manufacturing and, and survival, the importance of all of those three things like mashed together in this space. Like, Hey, here's a, here's a, uh, a way to, it's like the height of mechanical engineering and chemical engineering. Here's a lighter, stronger thing that you can carry with you <laughs> that will still protect you from X or more effectively do X. If you want to see an interesting progression of technology, we'll, we'll I'll, I'll link to some of these. You can find, uh, MRE unboxing videos totally. where you can like, you, somebody will t- take apart and unpack an untouched like ration from World War II, which is just like, here's a can, take that with you. You can eat it and not die. <laughs> All the way up to like, now they have pizza flavored ones with a little packet where you go, <laughs> and then like, a whole take aisle. it, tuck it, t- you know, t- tuck it in a thing and it just heats up because the chemical reaction gets it going. And then you pull the packet out, and your shit's warm. You don't even need a fire. Like, yeah, REI has a whole aisle of uh of like self-preparing, self-warming. They had chicken parmesan when I was there this weekend. <laughs> so, okay, so so when you're walking around the outdoor store, you, you you know, you're in this space of like, okay, here are these solutions that I can purchase for a certain amount of money that if I go out into the wilderness and use them. But so we hit shelter, water, and food. Uh, Those are the big ones. Water certainly the most important. You want to start there, right? Why is water the most important? Because you die pretty soon without water. What do you get? Like two days? Three two days? Or three days? Three days, I think. Uh, so we've talked about this before. There becomes a problem of like human settlement where you got to be near a source of water or you have to figure out a way to take water with you. Hugely important. That's a... Uh... That's a crucial you know, aspect of survival for all creatures. You have to find a clean source of water. Especially these the days. Next, the next adjective on there. Right. So this is only further complicated as water gets shittier. Literally. We're not, we're not tolerant but of like, living with parasites like we used to be. <laughs> right. We're so, spoiled in the modern so, world. <laughs> um, so... So if you want to go away from a clean water source, like a spring or a stream close enough to a spring that it's, you know, like whatever you, you have to find it's, it's interesting because water, a lot of the, there are mechanical solutions and there are chemical solutions, but we have come up with ways to make sure the water to some degree of certainty won't harm you. Yeah. What was in one what way were or the, another? What were the, like the pills or the pellets or whatever that you, we used to use the iodine kids. tablets. Those are just, straight iodine tablets yeah i think so i mean it won't kill you if you yeah (laughs) kills everything in it won't kill you if you drink it tastes awful it did taste awful it's the solution like i always have some with me in my emergency kit but they are an item of last resort when it comes to there's a trick that i used to use for that i would take gatorade powder with me totally overpowers it just load yourself up with sugar which you need anyway when you're out camping (laughs) (laughs) no the stuff that plants crave uh the stuff give me those electrolytes and sugar 
Uh, so that's so that does solve the iodine problem, but creates other problems. If now you have a resource, you have to replenish also, right? If you can't have your iodine without your Gatorade, <laughs> I mean, believe me, they sell flavored supplements to solve this these problems. Um, they sell powders that will congeal when they touch dirt, so you can pull dirt out of water fairly effectively. It's really interesting. Huh. Like there are all kinds of cool versions of these solutions, but like they have this problem of you have to you have to there's dirt you got to get out of there that's just like particulate, but probably not harmful. Yeah. But then there are parasites mm. and viruses and things like that. And so to some extent, you can use mechanical solutions. You can run it through a filter. But then past that, you kind of have to kill what's left. Yeah. I, think the, I think the predominant way to do it right now is run it through a filter, which you can buy at REI from like, for like 80 bucks, and then UV treat it. So they actually have water bottles that are battery powered, which you can recharge from solar panels that so, will use uh, UV light to kill the organisms. That's crazy. You can also boil it, but that's just inconvenient. We can't be bothered with that. Well, the problem with boil it is you need fire, which is actually a perfect transition into food. So let's talk about the food solution, right? Wait, hang on. Before we, before we get to food, I'm curious if we... I kind of like the thought of trying to rank these three things. Right? Is shelter maybe more important than food? You got 30 days before you need to eat something. You're not going to live uh, for 30 days yeah. in the woods. So, I mean, I can answer this from the perspective of my training with <laughs> emergency preparedness merit badge. <laughs> yeah. The, the first thing you do is set up a shelter. The first thing because you do. Because you don't need water. Yeah. Because you don't need water for three days, but you can, you can freeze to death. So shelter is outranking water. Okay. Uh, in terms of the process, yeah. if you're stuck out there, right? But the importance to a human is like, uh, if if you're in a situation where there won't be cold at night and it's not going to rain and like whatever, you could just stay on the move and chase food. You don't have to, and you just roll up under a tree and you're fine, which is like a big aspect of, of, of the, the American West is there's a lot of place where it's the desert. It's going to be mild with a 1% chance that a storm rolls in and you go, Oh shit, what's happening. Yeah. Uh, but if you're in like deciduous forest, you should set up a shelter immediately because it's probably going to be cold at night and there are things that can attack you and fall <laughs> on you. And like, it's just, it's just a different situation uh, for emergency preparedness merit badge. I was in a, in a forest where you had to set up a shelter just because sap would drip on you. Oh, so much sap would drip on you overnight that just all your shit would be sticky by the morning if you didn't figure out a that's terrible like overhead solution. Um, but they could use you. Yeah, in... the culmination of that merit badge is they drop you off in the woods overnight with just a sleeping bag, and you got to figure it out. That sounds super fun. <laughs> yeah, <it was> super fun. <laughs> of course, they're close. Yeah, I mean, you're you're. <laughs> close enough to your camp that worst case you walk back to the camp in two hours and you're fine. Uh, so I didn't do, I didn't do boy scouts after Cub Scouts anymore, but I basically grew up in the woods building forts and wandering around after school every day. So you're right. Shelter and water, similar, similar tier. But so let's talk about, do you feel like have we, we talked about the state of solving the water problem water feels if you're going to go camping? Did we save any lives? You we think? generally is that the goal? Should we in our world, the water problem is usually you big bring a big enough bottle. Yeah, we take we take a nice five gallon jug of water with us when we go camping. Right. Nice filtered water from down the street um, at the Water Lady, San Diego, great store. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Mention my name and save five percent. Do you just call her the Water Lady, or is the place actually no, that's, called? That's the, the name water of the lady. store, the Water Lady. I love it. She has a uh, when you buy water, uh, I think on like Wednesdays. You get to do a ring toss, and if you get the rings on the on the hook, you get an extra five gallons of water for free. She's game. I got four it. of do six you, rings the other day. Blew everyone's do you deliberately mind. go back for that. So it's actually a doable <laughs> ring toss. It's not the. It's not, it's not a, easy. It's not. I don't want you to think game. four out of six is is <laughs> the norm. <'cause> it's not. <laughs> That's solid free throw percentage. Thank you. Brian. Thank you. Um. So. So that's water. So shelter, which we just established is, is rather important as well. Uh, I think people imagine tents for sure, but shelter, if you don't have access to a tent can also just be like a stick between two trees with other sticks leaning <laughs> on it. Uh, 
even just that little lean to thing will keep some heat yeah. in your general vicinity because of your body uh, and the concern of cold. Um, yeah, it can keep like warm that. air around. It can uh, it can keep rain from getting on you, right? You can and pop I think, up a little lean to pretty quickly. Well, and so the interesting thing is you have to consider clothes in the context of shelter as well. That's fair because what you're really looking for is protection from the elements. Yeah, we should have we should have clarified. Right? You were dropped off naked in the woods with nothing. <laughs> That's how we go camping. Solo they gave and me a loincloth because you know the Boy Scouts don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah, that's that merit badge isn't available anymore. <laughs> uh, loincloth weaving. Um, uh, I did get a basketry merit badge at some point. Though. Really? As you might imagine, in college there are gut merit badges. <laughs> gut? What do you mean by that? Like gut courses, uh, astronomy one hundred and one. Everyone takes it because it's easy credits and it's fun. You just look at the sky and identify constellations. You get a merit badge for that? There's an astronomy merit badge. You get your astronomy merit badge in like 12 hours. Did you hours go to Boy Scout College? Sky. Did you go to um, Boy Scout College? Boy Scout camp. <laughs> Boy Scout camp, similar dynamics. Earning merit badges. and I got the swimming merit badge in record time. I was like, can I just take the test? <laughs> <laughs> They were like, what? Shouldn't the swimming uh, merit badge be in Cub Scouts? Age-wise? Yeah, probably. I mean, fewer kids would drown. <laughs> <laughs> they were taught to swim sooner. Uh, okay, so so clothing sort of fits in shelter. So you have to consider, like, if you have a sleeping bag, which is shelter, effectively. Oh, yeah. You know, like, one of the considerations with shelter, and the thing that I think people don't necessarily think about is... The thing that I've just implicitly mentioned a couple of times already, which is like you you don't want to freeze to death overnight. Uh, so the first thing you need is insulation that can be provided by a tent. Tents keep heat in. Uh, other shelters keep heat in. Uh, worst case scenario, you might just be wrapping yourselves in leaf. Pine needles are really good insulation. Question. Actually, you mentioned yeah. earlier, uh, semi jokingly, but I think you were serious about like eighty degree rain potentially giving you hypothermia. Uh, yeah, that's the thing you learn more so in uh, lifeguard courses, which I have done. You can get hypothermia in any like water right. that is below body, which makes total sense. So, so like, I'm curious. The problem with hypothermia is like it, it's just it it you start to see performance deficits that are problematic sooner than you would yeah. think in degrees off of your core body temperature. Yeah. So what uh, if you don't have any shelter? If you're out in the woods with just like pants and a shirt and you're wet are you gonna die at night if it's 75 degrees uh it's possible it kind of depends on a lot of other factors but it gets bad fast uh if you're not insulated and wet and it's cold at night that's it's like if you're wet get dry is the first yeah. priority so like if you're if you you know if you're stranded in uh a rainstorm fire or waterproof so this is an interesting this is this this gets us back to the clothing thing uh in boy scouts the term they teach you is cotton kills <laughs> uh, one of the reasons that outdoor companies are always pushing synthetics uh like polyester capilene nylon uh or wool or like goose yeah. feathers down uh Wool doesn't get colder when it's wet. In fact, it gets warmer. So sheep are warmer if it starts raining. <laughs> Interesting. On them. Uh, and so they don't have this problem because they solved it with a big puffy <laughs> coat big of coat. insulation that actually gets warmer when it rains. Uh, so, like, if you're in wool and it's raining that night, different situation than uh, if you're just wearing jeans and like a, a t-shirt. Or so the organic cotton shirt from the, from the camping store is actually not a good thing these days. Um, no, <laughs> no, not, not in that context. At least it's perfectly good for daily life and it's like sustainable in an interesting way. <laughs> uh, cause it's an organic cause it's a, you know, it grows, but you can plant it and it grows more shirts. I hear. <laughs> yeah. It's not good at retaining it's not good at retaining heat when wet. It's a very specific scenario. So is the uh is in your mind the primary point of shelter uh warmth? 
Is that the is that the main uh, goal you think? I mean, I yeah, guess it depends a little bit. If so. you're like literally next to a bear den, you probably don't want to be eaten either. But the majority of the time, right? I mean, everything. You know, like the the first layer of wilderness survival is triage. You have to look at what's <laughs> around you, take take stock of your yeah. you know your your scenario, and go. Okay, first priority: get away from the apex predator's den. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't tell you exactly how you pull that off. No, the first thing you do is you hope that the apex predator's den is empty. There you go. And then you go, okay, but that means there's a roving bear. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so how do we figure out what direction that bear went so we can go the opposite Yeah, man, bears are terrifying. <laughs> Have you ever been eaten while you were camping? <laughs> no, I've never been eaten by... I was... I was, I've, I've never even, I mean, I've encountered bears before, but never in a scenario other than, Oh, that's a bear. <laughs> like there are brown bears on the, or black bears. I'm sorry. On the East coast that are generally disinterested in yeah. humans. They just want to eat grubs and stuff. Uh, grizzly bears are terrifying. I've only ever run into them in the context where they were prowling about a campground, just like looking for sandwiches and stuff. And again, they're not very interested in humans. Um, so they'll like snuffle around at night in campgrounds, but just not go near you if you don't smell like food. So you're generally safe. And sometimes they'll bat at a car that has a sandwich in it or something. I was looking at, uh, I've been looking at. Sometimes they'll tear the shit out of a car that's got a sandwich in it. So you think about that if you're in your So will I sometimes. But, but <laughs> <laughs> you put your stuff in the, in the, uh, yeah. Like, so on the West coast, there's real wildlife out there that'll, that'll, fuck you up for some chapstick in your pocket for sure um at night during the day probably not chapstick but they will approach you if they smell a, a like a, a power bar on you um they'll generally leave if you make a whole lot of they sell bear bells around here where you just keep bells on you all the time and the jingle keeps them away because it's very distinctly human interesting noise i guess yeah you got you got big apex predators very quickly in uh california Right, as as low as as southern as L.A., you've got. I watch out for mountain lions when I'm trail running in my backyard. Uh, I, I doubt I'll ever see one, but they're yeah, about, they're about. You see alerts for them all the time down here in San Diego. Yeah. Um. So I mean, part of shelter is uh, uh, protection, but what you have to consider is how much protection does it give you versus that particular predator, right? <laughs> so. Building a, a tent of leaves <laughs> is really great if your first problem is rain. If your first problem is there's a bear about, that thing might kill you before any of the rain-related problems. So unless you can build a shelter that'll keep out a bear, you better figure out how to get moving. Uh, but if there's no bear, then the first thing is shelter. Set up a place to be where you won't get wet, where you are not getting hit by the wind, and essentially the goal is don't freeze. So the next thing after you build a shelter is try to build a fire. Cause then you can dry things and you can cook things. You can sterilize your water. Fire's a pretty big deal. And as, as, as human inventions, They're super go. helpful. And you can scare away <laughs> big animals too. Fire is right. like magic, but magic, animals, they don't want to come in towards that shit. It's so magic. It's so super magic. So, so related both to water and fire, we, we get to food, which is, you know, food becomes a problem when you're facing the prospect of a couple weeks out there because you can you can go without food for a minute, which is pretty crazy. Right. And also food grows all over the ground if you know what to look for. Don't do that. <laughs> that could <laughs> if also you're listening you. to this that's, podcast that's, to get that, your camping advice. <laughs> don't eat what's on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what killed the i mean this gets back to the diarrhea conversation that i can't remember if we recorded or not but like that's what killed the guy in the uh into the wild oh yeah he ate the wrong berries right and he got sick like ate the wrong berry and he was too far away from civilization to have a killer case yeah. of diarrhea bummer that'll, that'll dehydrate you real fast so with food you know you have certainly have new risks when you look for ways to fulfill those needs but similar to water it's mostly about cleanliness. Uh, some things are poison. It's good to know what those are, but you can forage mm -hmm. for food fairly effectively. Most places. Um, 
there are a lot of things you can't eat. Diarrhea is a real bad Most thing to get, you but you're probably more likely to get diarrhea from the water, at least in a form that would be really harmful, giardia or something. Uh, what's interesting, I think, is that the solution to food is at its core a chemical engineering problem. How do you start a fire or create warmth enough to, uh, like, you know, create the effects of fire? Which kind of what the UVA, UV, UVA, UV light is doing, in effect. Because what's heat? Just infrared light, radiation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you cook your food when you're camping? Uh, I have a jet boil. So usually my food is either vegetables or it's already cooked and in the shape of a hot dog. <laughs> or if I'm camping with friends, someone usually brings a stove. So the easy close to civilization solution is uh, we have portable stoves with portable gas surfaces. Well, so it's possible to just have a cooler that brings out the same stuff you have. We should have clarified kitchen. car camping versus uh, like wilderness camping. Yeah, that's I don't true. wilderness camp that often. So, but if you're wilderness camping, you're like hiking into your campsite and you don't have a whole lot of stuff with you. Right. So in those situations, carrying our jet boil is nice because it's it's super easy to heat stuff up. But for the most part, you're not carrying, you're not taking a stove on a 10 mile hike. But we're still close enough to bring a supply of freeze dried or pre cooked hot dogs. Food. Always take hot right. dogs. <laughs> so it's not so it's not a full-blown so it's you know it's this hardship situation because you might not choose hot dogs if you weren't in your if you were in your kitchen you know as opposed to another option um when it comes to survival with food yeah the biggest thing i mean cooking is a good answer to a lot of sort of parasite problems and stuff if you're trying to eat a hot dog, <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if you're trying to eat meat, uh, first you got to kill that meat. So that gets us to like hunting and snaring and trapping. And yeah, if and, you really want you know, a hot dog and you're lost uh, in the wilderness, it's a lot of work to get from bear to hot dog. I know a few rudimentary <laughs> snares that I could use to maybe catch small game. Uh, you know, in a in a pinch, you could always just make a pit with sticks. That's a in good it. one. But that's a multi-day project. You got to have shelter before you can do that. You can start. You got to have shelter before yeah, you can start hunting. For sure. Yeah, that stuff's not easy, right? You're not eating, you're not going to catch an animal every day unless you're a pro, which we're not. So, what do you see at the outdoor store as solutions to we got to have fire? I mean, first it's just like paper and lighters, which is generally the like car camping solution. Cuz well, let's let's back it up. So the chemical, so a stove, yep. you said a stove, right? So stove is generally going to be some sort of fuel controlled by this mechanical yeah, device. Yeah, oil is like a little tiny canister of like butane, I think. And it fits like a, I don't know, like a big mug thing on top and it heats up. It'll boil water in like 60 seconds, but it's tiny, right? It's kind of like a self, self-serve one person little thing. I'll usually, when I go camping, boil some water and toss like kale and hot dogs in there or something if i'm keeping it simple although you're not supposed to do that i melted a jet boil once by doing that because when you put the other stuff in there it changes the yeah uh, like the temperature it, that it might require to boil the water and then that'll melt the little you gotta be you gotta bottom. be on top of it that was terrifying melting aluminum started <laughs> falling on my Onto the fuel canister. Gotta just uh, hope that doesn't happen. I guess. I was like, oh See, no. And then we're back to like regular life kind of bullshit, <laughs> right? My technology is uh, malfunctioning, and my I'm now liquefying aluminum at the campsite. So, so there's that. You can also just burn things around you, right? So, so the survival version of this is, you know, how to, you need to know how to use wood or some sort of fuel to have a fire. And then potentially keep that fire going. So there's all kinds of interesting stuff you can learn. That is the stuff you see on like the Survivor Man TV shows where they're like, and then you carry the ember in the blah 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 with you. Have you ever you lit a fire? Start a fire with like a with like two sticks. Yeah, I had to for some merit badge. I don't remember what. Did you get to use? It's the, not as easy as they trick? make it look on TV, but it's no, doable. It's super hard. 
Did you use the rope trick? Like the bow? The bow thing? Nah, the bow yeah. is so hard to set up and do the right way. You can you get faster just by having a stick and starting with your hands at the bottom and running them to the start starting your hands at the top and running them to the bottom over and over again. That seems impossible it'll, to me. It'll get you there eventually. But uh I've never actually lit a fire from scratch like that. I would that. prefer to use a lighter. Hundred percent. I don't of the think time. I have the patience. <laughs> I would just, I would just give up and head towards civilization. I'm um, out of here. I'm going to risk it on foot. <laughs> so, so we talked shelter. We talked water. We got food to the extent that it's kind of about fire and cooking things. And we don't need to talk about how to snare animals if you need be. So you can, you can solve food with knowledge if you know what to forage for. Which I would say I have, I have no idea on. And if you have no idea, if you don't know that <laughs> shit cold, don't fuck with that. Don't do it. Because that stuff will kill well, you real fast. Diarrhea will kill you real fast. Yeah, and disclaimer, don't do anything we're telling you to do. Yeah. <laughs> in uh, this episode. Generally. <laughs> um, generally. More generally in any of our episodes. So so this kind of gets this this okay, so we there's an aspect. Yeah. Are we trying to survive there forever now? Uh no. So eventually your priority is to try to get help. <laughs> Like if you don't know how to get out of where you are, which requires essentially moving a camp, you know, day over day to try to go a direction, then you need to consider like smoke signals or how to be identified by hopefully the per people who would be looking for you because right. they knew you were going out there. Um, Always tell a friend. But here's a question that I think will get us to the more phil philosophical piece, although we have not done the best at not just talking about it thus far <laughs> uh is is it camping if you're in an rv or is it something different i don't want to i don't mean to denigrate rv vacations a recreational vehicle vacations caravan vacations yeah. uh i mean it's certainly a different spectrum Right, but car camping where I fill the whole trunk with like all the things I own <laughs> to take them camping real quick is certainly different than hiking into a campground with just a bag. Right. Uh, so I mean, car camping is interesting because worst case, you sleep in the car. You know, you're, yeah. you're 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 good. Drive out of there. You have a mode, you know, with which to exit. RVs a step past that. On an RV, you have a like a toilet. Well, let me tell you a personal story. So the first time I went to camp in Yosemite. I went through the general process to get a tent spot at one of the coveted campgrounds, like down in the valley where you can see all the epic, you can look up and see all the epic things that they always show photos of in the background on, you know, Mac OS. <laughs> 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 and um, there was a family right next to me in an RV of which one or maybe even two kids spent like all day Saturday just watching family guy on a tv in the rv i saw them through the window flipping so i think they were even on satellite so they were getting live stream broadcast and just watching tv all day uh and i was like that's not camping <laughs> yeah i don't think watching tv in an rv is camping if you're still I don't know, going for hikes and stuff, cooking food outside on a fire. Maybe, maybe that's still that camping. camping. So where, so like, what's that? So what I'm chasing is what, where's that, you know, where's that switch yeah, over point between a thing that's like, Hey, here's a type of vacation, but it's largely like, it's like going on a cruise, but in a car that your family drives around independently. You just, you just got to ditch the TV. Your toilet's going to be a little bit smaller, but like everything's still there. Okay, so the TV is a big one, right? I'm okay if you're in an RV as long as you're not watching TV. Is that because that <laughs> is that because it's a thing you could have in the in the regular world? Take a break just, from TV. It's like a no, thing just you could have. TV sucks. Get it out of here, <laughs> right? For like a couple days, just go to the woods and get it out of here. So that's I love what I'm it. trying to chase down. If you don't have that like barrel, really that like how much of your hunger for camping is based around the fact that you spend all day looking at screens at virtual worlds. <laughs> All, all of it, right? Every second of every moment of my life is just <laughs> looking at a stupid screen for something. Okay. So trying to remove <laughs> that bias, back it up to from a hatred of screens. Like, it's is it a question of how much hardship you are experiencing as a 
as an exercise or as a as a as an entertainment? Uh, I think, and I mean, this is uh, the piece I like the most about camping is being peaceful, having like peace and quiet in nature. And I don't necessarily mean that there can't be sounds, but I mean that like my focus is on the nature and not on other stuff. Like, cause I like having music when I'm camping, right? But music doesn't suck you in like television does. Television is an extraordinarily powerful drug, right? Like you're captivated by seeing other human beings lives and like ways you don't, you're like sucked into this weird, like physical response, psychological response. It, it destroys you, right? <laughs> you're watching TV and you're a zombie music you can have going on and stuff. But the the point of camping that I think is really rewarding for me that I really love is I'm I'm allowing myself to be peaceful enough that I'll like bend over and look at a little plant for a couple minutes and be like, oh, interesting. Look how its leaves are growing and stuff, which I just don't take the time to do day to day. Right. Weeds are a problem. Plants need to be like your garden needs to be like mowed and shit and your trees. And you don't stop and like you are that nature. You like came from that plant kind of. So it's nice to be down in it and to something. Everything's too you're in too high alert in regular day-to-day life to bother with nature basically is how I feel. So if you don't calm and like get into it, then I don't feel like you're camping. I would say, I think that's fair and I agree with it. That said, I still think the value you're getting out of the RV experience is probably better than having not had it. Yeah. Um, sure. You know, for sure a good road trip around the U S is, is solid as a 100%, thing to do, yeah. uh, around any country, but like, well, not any country, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much probably <laughs> as long as you oh. don't wander too far into the wrong area. Uh, but I think it's, it's more, you know, like what you're describing as the, as the hinge sort of theme at that point of like, why does it stop being camping? is in this interesting space of like the rest of our conversation has been about don't die has been about survival. And we have so conquered those things that for our own health, we have to go find ways (laughs) to be like, Oh, let's let's reintroduce a little bit of that uh, to remember that all these other things that I have taken those heightened survival skills and applied it to like, the visceral reaction you have to a one has to a football game is is it treads on the exact same space of like oh what's happening there oh that's a bad th- is that a bear yeah. <laughs> is that a bear totally. oh can I fight the bear uh uh and so the you know like disconnecting from what a lot of us experience in the modern world to go to that is an interesting sort of thing. Have you have you ever gone camping alone? I have not. Even just car Wait, camping? Have I? Mm, I don't think I have. I haven't actually done very much traveling in general by myself, to be honest. I mean, like day trips. Not even How really much? That. <laughs> I'm curious, uh, as a matter of even just personal exploration lately, how much of everything you're talking about there is uh, social? Because if you tend what? to camp with friends, it's usually like five, six people. You know, you end up sitting around a campfire, play guitar, singing, uh, doing things. You know, it's like so, so part I, of it is everything you described about being in nature. I always suspect that part of it might just be everyone puts away their fucking phone. I I spent <laughs> like, <laughs> probably thousands of hours by myself in the woods as a kid. So when I am camping, I actually. Uh, often find myself wanting to leave the group to just go be a quiet, especially at night. I like going for a little walk by myself at night to go wander around and just be, it's just interesting. It's just, I totally, it's interesting that you asked that question. I have never, I don't think I've ever slept outside in a tent by myself. Um, Partly I just kind of don't do things by myself like that. (laughs) I don't know. I've never, I've never like taken a trip by myself. I don't think now that you're asking, but, um, uh the phone piece yeah it certainly is a different setting amongst friends too right you're you're forced to be in a situation uh where you don't have much to do other than like sit under a blanket around a fire and kind of talk 
which is nice because you're right. That doesn't you don't get that as much as you become adults. There's also an interesting gradient here that's worth discussing, which is uh, the capacity to use chemical enhancement. I say that in a in a in a in a clever way, but what I mean is like if you're car camping, you can bring beers, and so. As, as I, among my friend group, progress slowly outward to activities where it's like, oh, if, if that's going to be a three-day trip of actually hiking, I can't bring a six-pack because glass <laughs> is heavy. So right. I'm not interested anymore because I can't go out and get drunk. And how much of that is tied to once people are in that situation of it's just six people around a fire and all you got is talking? Like, I don't personally feel like I got to get drunk, <laughs> although I'm familiar with the feeling. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, past the point, so, you know, like there's, there is a social aspect to what we're talking about, I think is just what I'm chasing down. And it ties into all the same stuff we usually talk about when we talk about social anxieties and things like that. I enjoy the activity you just talked about of like walking around and looking in the, in the woods. I, I like doing it with friends, but they're a very particular set of friends, like you included, that we both will be there which maybe for me is partially about protection, but then we're having the same experience of like, I'm not going to interrupt you while you're looking at some flower because <laughs> you're, you know, you're clearly in it. <laughs> I, I totally appreciate there being other people to make me feel safer. <laughs> That's for sure. Camping by myself would be absolutely uh, horrifying. I think it's funny. You want to go so, out with the six people, but then you want to go for a walk by yourself. Right. <laughs> totally. And, and I do like, I just went camping uh, a couple weekends ago and uh i took you a, also tend to have a camera with you which is a good excuse too. to do that but also it gives you like a job a little bit yeah. while you're out there which is i'm gonna go I, try to make art out of this shit yeah it's fun <laughs> to have a little purpose behind your adventure but yeah i took a couple i took a hike by myself one morning uh for a couple hours and i spent like an hour following a little uh caterpillar around on the ground to see what it was up to uh you know weird little things i wandered up a rock face for a while by myself um, but I also did a bunch of adventuring with, with the crew. So it's, uh, it's just fun to be able to like, I mean, literally when you're camping, if you're, and, uh, this was, this was backcountry camping. So it wasn't a campsite. We were just set up somewhere random kind of by ourselves. And, uh, within like 30 seconds, right. You're alone in the wilderness, which is such a crazy experience relative to, uh, walking outside of my house where, I can walk for hours in every direction and there'll just be hundreds of people. So for your average listener who has potentially not gone camping, how, how do you attain this multi-layered experience of, you know, social contact combined with, you know, removal from the modern sort of hustle and bustle plus this little layer of like, Oh, we're kind of out here where this, the niceties have, have faded away. And you know, if it goes really sideways, maybe we all die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like how do you know, how do you spin that up? I mean, the RVing, you know, it, it goes one direction, right? You can do a lot if you have a car. Um, but like, what's, you know, what do you just go rent some gear from REI? What and do you go do to get out there at like a like regular campground? Right. So That's you can rent stuff point. at REI, which is super helpful. I think the people at REI are helpful. You They're can go to the person helpful. at the rental counter and say, here's what I want to do. What do I need? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Where should I go? So what then, do I need? So, you know, certainly those things aren't attainable to everyone, but like also, for the purposes, you know, for 50 bucks, you can get everything you need for a camping trip at a rental place. And in the U.S., at least, national parks are super cheap to get into. So let's talk about the, the last piece is location there, which is, okay, now you have to have and get to a place. So I don't know about the get to part. You can walk, whatever. That's certainly an option if you have a backpack full of stuff. Um, around us, we're talking generally about national parks, which or, will cost you like 10 bucks. Parks. 10 bucks to put a to put a yeah. uh you know a car in to park. I mean, I think pretty much anywhere in the US you've got parks you can get to pretty quickly where you can go camping. 
I'm always shocked when I look up campgrounds. There are an extraordinary number of state and federally maintained campgrounds. Big ups to President Roosevelt. For sure. For sure. <laughs> he National set up Park every one system. of those, right? <laughs> <laughs> every one of them. Him and his uh, moose? Mooses? His meese? His meese? His mooses? Uh, so, you know, so I think the place to wrap it up more is just, you know, it's it's a... I don't know if it's a thing that people consider. It is a thing that in my life is a super valuable experience that I don't do often enough because of the planning required. But with a tiny bit of planning, it's a super accessible thing to go do for a weekend it is. in most places in the United States. It's super accessible. It's generally is inexpensive. You can't go shopping. You can't go to a restaurant. You can't go to a movie, right? You grab some food. Grab If you have gear, especially... Uh, it's essentially free, you know, so, uh, consider that you might have to poop in a hole though. You might, you might get to poop outside. You might get to not <laughs> have go. to sit you on a toilet. To experience the primal, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's harder, anyway. it's harder to poop in a hole than one would think having been conditioned to only allow pooping when sitting on a toilet <laughs> your well, whole life. Squatty potties would have <laughs> us believe that that position should be easier. So, I'm there's like a psychological component though. Your body's like, wait, you told me not to poop like this. <laughs> well, I can't think of a better place to wrap this up than our first mention of poop in probably thirty some episodes. Fantastic, maybe more. We we phase poop out as a let us a know regular if you'd like conversation to hear us talk topics. about it more often <laughs> somewhere after twenty episodes. <laughs> uh, it was well, really thanks a for hanging for a while. out. Thanks for hanging out for another one. And special thanks, as always, to our supporters who lighten the load, keeping this endeavor afoot. Uh, if you'd like to join over there, you can go to support.zengineeringpodcast.com. This is Zengineering Podcast. I'm Adam. I'm Brian. Stay warm and dry, hydrated and fed. But my house, if you want to see me, come over to my house. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll be doing stuff in the basement. <laughs>